So Lord Jesus, I thank you for the opportunity that I have to minister to people today. I thank you for the opportunity that I have to, to bring the word and to bless people. Lord, we just pray that your grace will be on all our efforts. We pray, Lord Jesus, that every word that I speak will be God-breathed, will be by the power of the Holy Spirit. We pray, Lord Jesus, that your grace and your peace will just touch every heart and every life in Jesus' name. We pray for revelation on the word. We pray, Lord Jesus, for power released, faith released, grace released in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your grace and your goodness and your power. We pray that today we will experience the power of the true grace of Jesus Christ in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. So um, I want to uh, to start reading at, in Ephesians chapter 2. So I want to say that grace, the, the grace of God um, is, is obviously... A, something that a lot of people are speaking about as a lot of people are, are preaching and, and a lot of people are turning it into something that it is not but what the grace of god is is god's salvation coming to us god's salvation is him reaching out his hand towards us it is god uh, doing everything that needs to be done for us to be reconciled to him in his own flesh body all right and then bringing to us a message of reconciliation, bringing to us a message by the power of the Holy Spirit that we can hear and believe and that we can uh, receive and we can walk in the reality of what that message says. Right, so uh, before I read Ephesians 2, Galatians chapter 3, Paul speaks to the Galatian church and they started off with the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They started off by salvation through faith, through grace, and they received the Spirit of God by hearing and believing the message. So Paul says in Galatians chapter 3, let me just uh, jump there. I'm going to read the Amplified. He says, O you poor and silly and thoughtless and unreflecting and senseless Galatians, who has fascinated or bewitched or cast a spell over you? So it's like the Afrikaans verstand benevel. So it's like they, their mind is being um, overpowered or held by something they, they, they're not thinking as they should. There's something like veiling their thoughts. There's something filtering their ideas. It says, um, who who has bewitched you and cast a spell over you unto him right before your very eyes jesus christ was openly and graphically set forth and portrayed as crucified so the message was the graphic depiction of jesus christ on the cross and then the effect that that has in our lives the salvation that comes okay he says let me ask you this question did you receive the holy spirit as the result of obeying the law and doing its works or was it by hearing the message of the gospel and believing it was it from observing a law of rituals or from a message of faith are you so foolish and so senseless and so silly having begun your new life spiritually with the holy spirit are you now reaching perfection by dependence on the flesh have you suffered so many things and experienced so much all for nothing to no purpose if it is really uh, is to no purpose and in vain then does he who supplies you with his marvelous holy spirit and works powerfully and miraculously among you do so 
on the grounds of your doing what the law demands or because of your believing and adhering and trusting in and relying on the message that you heard. So there's a hearing and believing of a message and that is described as grace. And then there is a reading, hearing and doing, following of a ritual. And that is called law. All right. So or legalism. So people who stand on their obedience to what the law demands is uh, standing on the power of the of their own obedience. They're standing on their own ability to obey the law. <clears throat> Sorry, but people who believe the message of the cross, put their trust in what Jesus did on the cross and allow the Holy Spirit that comes to us through the message to bring salvation to us and bear the fruit in us that is the nature of God. So God wants to impart to you what you need to live in the righteousness of God, to manifest the righteousness of God. God wants to give it to you for free. He wants to give it to you by grace and not by you earning it. So this is a very, very um, powerful point, a very uh, necessary point to understand. It is not by us getting our ducks in a row, getting our lives in order, getting our lives straightened out by which we are then made acceptable to God. It is by Him shedding His blood on the cross for us. By that sacrifice, perfecting and cleansing and, and healing and forgiving us. And then us putting our trust in that sacrifice instead of sacrifices that we could bring by the law. So God is not interested in sacrifices that we could bring. In Matthew chapter 9 and Matthew chapter 12, Jesus said, Sacrifices I have not desired, but mercy. So, so Jesus is not interested in a sacrifice that we could bring in. Jesus is interested in bringing mercy to us. And he paid the price in his own flesh body himself, so that he could reach out a helping and saving hand to humanity. And it, it comes to us through this. It's the preaching of a message of the Spirit. That message of the Spirit is spiritually discerned. It, it touches your heart. It's not directed to your intellect. It's directed to your heart. And when you agree with that message, when you open your heart and let that message come into your heart, it touches your heart. And there's the, the seed word of God comes into your heart and you are born from above. So you are saved by putting your trust in Jesus Christ. When you, when you put your, your complete trust in Him, uh, you believe in Him, you die. <laughs> you are crucified with Christ. And then you are raised to a new life with Christ. And that's the picture of the baptism. And we die, we're baptized under the, in the grave of the water, and we are raised to a new life in fellowship and union with Jesus Christ. So because of the fellowship and union that we have in Jesus Christ, He can now dwell on the inside of us. And because He dwells on the inside of us, and because we died, our consciousness, our life, our abilities, our thinking, our will, our uh, 
deciding factor has been killed and replaced with his. Now, when we surrender to him, when we yield to him and let him manifest himself in our hearts, in our, in our lives, what happens is he lives through us. He speaks through us. He prays through us. He heals the sick through us. He provides for others through us. He manifests his character, his love, his power, his goodness through us. So that manifests by us humbling ourselves and not trusting and resting in our own abilities and our own strength or our own understanding of how things should be, but leaving all of the thinking over to the Holy Spirit, leaving all of the decision making over to the Holy Spirit and letting him and his character be the deciding factor in our lives. So I think in Christianity, there's, there's a big thing. Uh, people want to change themselves to become acceptable to God. And that's not, that's not the gospel. That's, uh, that, is, that is an imposing message. And that's imposters. <laughs> the gospel of Jesus Christ is not us fixing ourselves until we look like Jesus. The gospel of Jesus Christ is Christ coming into us. We lose our natural life and we gain his spiritual life. We lose our opinion of ourselves and we gain his opinion of us. We lose our life. We die and he lives in us. We are raised with him. So this is a life, a, a selfless life, a life where we um, have to surrender to him to see the results. There will be no results without surrender. There will be no results without faith in him. There will be no results without this grace operating in us. Okay, so if you see miracles happening in someone's life, it can only be the grace of God because it is only by grace that he works powerfully and miraculously among us. Verse 5 in Galatians chapter 3. So, if someone, that doesn't mean their, their doctrine is all right. That doesn't mean um, that everything they preach is true if, if there's miracle power. It means that God's word is true. And God's word says that if we trust in the cross, if we trust in the ability of the Spirit of, of God, He works powerfully and miraculously among us. All right, so, so the, the, the uh, miracles is... The Spirit of God testifying in our lives of the truth of the gospel. Not necessarily testifying in our lives of every single word that we said. So it's not based on our performance. So I don't have to have the perfect doctrine to see miracles. I have to have faith in the cross to see miracles. So the fact that God does miracles through people who, who have um, doctrine that's not perfect. It's grace. So the miracles testifies of grace. It testifies of the nature and the character of Jesus. And it doesn't testify of um, what we did right. It testifies of the nature and the character of Jesus that's alive in us. So if you see miracles, um, you know, you, you can know that that person is doing the miracles by, um, by the Holy Spirit. Only God can open up the eyes of the blind. Okay. So uh, it's not like anyone else can open up the eyes of the blind. Satan can do lying wonders and deceiving miracles. And it always puts the attention on, 
on the self, on the person. It doesn't give glory to Jesus. Okay, it tries to bedazzle people and frighten people, and it tries to to uh, entice people to to uh, move away from Christ. But the true miracle power uh, will reflect Jesus Christ. It will reflect His character, and His character is to heal. His character is to bring salvation. His character is to forgive sins. His character is love because God is love. So uh, that's. The, the nature of God. So if God is in someone's life, you'll see the works of God starting to come through. We don't see the fullness yet. Hebrews chapter 2. We don't see all things under our feet yet, but we see Jesus. So if we can see Jesus and keep on looking at Jesus, we will see more and more of him in our lives and, and through our lives. So we need to get to a place where we surrender to him and put our trust in him. Instead of trying to do everything right in order to get the miracles on the scene. Okay, so people have tried and worked so hard. People have placed um, such an, an, an emphasis on holiness. And rightly so. We need to, we need to live uh, according to the righteousness of God in Christ. Uh, and that can only happen when we let Christ live in us. All right? That can only happen when we let Christ live in us and surrender to Him so that He can do it. It's, it's such a great miracle when a human being can, can manifest the nature of Christ. As much as it is uh, a miracle for a human being to, to heal the sick, so it is a miracle for a human being um, not to be wicked to the core. <laughs> and it's all His work. It's all by grace. So the more that we, we can surrender to grace, the more we will see His power and His miracles happening in our lives. But also, the more we will see His fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, meekness, temperance, faithfulness, self-control. So those are fruit of the Spirit. And it's just two chapters later in, in the same book of Galatians that those are mentioned. All right, so when our attention is on ourselves, it says in the same chapter, a few verses before, it says, uh, the doings of the flesh is impurity and adultery and sorcery and enmity and strife and all those things. But he says, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and meekness and temperance, faithfulness, self-control. So the more we are surrendered to the Holy Spirit, the more the fruit of the Holy Spirit will be evidence evident in our lives all right so so it's not in trying to produce the fruit it's in yielding to the spirit it's not in trying to be more like jesus it's in getting to know jesus who lives inside you and he lives inside you because you abide in his word because you let that word find entrance into your heart so i want to read to you ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 and maybe maybe then it will uh, you'll just get a context of what I'm actually trying to say. And in the title of the I don't know if even if the title is still on there because this is like the third or the fourth attempt at streaming. So <laughs> let's see. But Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says the following. So it is by free grace that you are saved. Now it says in brackets and amplified, delivered from judgment and made partakers of Christ's salvation. Delivered from judgment and made partakers of Christ's salvation. All right. So you are delivered from judgment. Your, your sins are forgiven. Um, 
we'll read John chapter 3 in a moment, but he says those who believe will never be condemned. Okay, so delivered from judgment. That means all people without God are in judgment already. Okay, so those who believe will never be condemned. That's John chapter 3 verse 18. Those who believe not are condemned already because they did not put their trust in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And the basis of the condemnation, verse 19, is this, that light has come into the world. Jesus is the light of the world. And men loved the darkness more than the light. So what is the darkness? The darkness is the glory that faded out and and ended up in darkness. That's uh, the glory of, of the law um, that faded. So now the glory in the face of Jesus is ever increasing glory. So that's the glory of the new. So that's the light. So the light is ever increasing and it is abiding. So Jesus is the light of the world and that light will increase. The knowledge of the glory of the Lord will fill the earth like the waters covers the sea. And the glory of Moses, the glory that came by obedience to the ritual, is completely faded out. So it is now darkness. So you will not see glory by trying to obey the ritual. But you will see the glory by hearing and believing the message of Jesus and, and seeing the glory manifested in the face of Jesus Christ. So the more you look to the face of Jesus Christ, the more you see the glory revealed in his face. Second Corinthians 4 verse 6. So, and the more you look into that glory revealed in his face, the more you are transformed into very, very same image. The second Corinthians 3 verse 18. We, I mean, we've been speaking to it, you know about it. And we are transformed into the very same image. So we need to be looking to Jesus. We need to be looking in the word to Jesus, which transforms us into the very same image. Why? Because it is him himself in us, imparted to us in the spirit, in our hearts, by us believing the word. Why the word? John 1 says in verse 4, in him, in the word. He says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, the Word was with God. Verse 1, uh, all things were made through Him, without Him was nothing made that was made. And then he says, um, verse 4, in Him was light, and the light, light, no, in Him was life, and the life was the light of men. So it's the Word of life, it's the Word of light. Okay, so that's First John chapter 1, verse 5. This is the message uh, of promise that we are bringing to you okay he says uh, god is light and there is no darkness in him at all no not in any way right so there's no darkness in jesus there's no darkness in the face of jesus christ but moses covered his face with a veil so there's a shadow so there's a darkness and this the veil was there to to keep the people from seeing the vanishing glory which had been upon it if you read second corinthians chapter 3 so the the veil is there hiding the fact that the that, that the veil has already uh, that the, the glory has already departed okay so it's the the glory that, that that faded out and departed which is darkness and he has transferred us from darkness into the kingdom of the son of his love colossians chapter 1 all right so uh, Peter also speaks of it out of darkness into his marvelous light. So we are no longer in darkness. We are in light. We are no longer in death. We are alive. John chapter 5, Jesus says, if you have the son, you have life and you have been, you have already passed over from death to life. 
Okay, so the question is not so much heaven or hell, even though heaven and hell is, is spiritual realities, it's there. Um, but it's death and life. It's we, we are either in death or in life. Either we are in Adam or we are in the last Adam, Christ. We are either, either in the first man, the, the corrupted man, or we are in the second man, the Lord from heaven, if you read 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Okay, so you're either one or the other. Or either you are the son of the, the slave woman or the, that you, you are the son of the free. You are either born from the flesh or you are born from the spirit. You are either in the word uh, of the tree of the knowledge and good and evil, which was also manifested through the law because it's the distinction between what you do, right and wrong, or you are in the word of life, the word of the spirit of God, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the tree of life, tree of knowledge or tree of life, gospel uh, on, the, on this side <laughs> or the law of sin and death on this side. But the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, has set me free from the law of sin and death. Romans chapter 8 verse 2. So, so it's an either or situation. There's no gray area. There's no, there's no time uh, for the mixture anymore. So we, we are either saved or we're not. So we, we, we can be confused in between. But Jesus said, you don't take a piece of a new garment and cut it out. And then go paste it on the old because then the old won't agree with the new and the new one will be rent. You don't put new wine in old wineskins. Otherwise, the wineskin will burst and the wine will be lost. All right. So you can't mix the old and the new. You can't make the law of rituals function by pasting a little bit of grace on it. In the same way, you can't take the New Testament of grace and cut out only the Ten Commandments and paste it on the New Testament grace and make it try to make it attainable. It's not attainable. It's impossible. It's given freely by grace. So either you receive it for free or you don't get it at all. If you try to, to work for salvation, you're not going to get it. But if you receive freely by grace the salvation of Christ, you receive it instantly and fully and immediately. And it then progressively manifests as your mind starts to agree with what God has already done in the spirit part. Okay, so your soul life, your mind, your emotions needs to catch up with your spirit being completely saved by the spirit of God when you heard the gospel and believed it. So the seed of Christ came into your life. You have received the gospel. You have received the seed. You have received the word which is eternal and immortal, according to 1 Peter 1. So you were not redeemed with uh, silver and gold, perishable things, but you were redeemed with the precious blood of Jesus Christ from the useless, fruitless way of living inherited by tradition from your forefathers. That's 1 Peter chapter 1 from roundabout verse 18 to the end. But then he says, you are not, you are born. Let me just get to it. You were born... Um, not from a mortal seed, but from one which is immortal. Then it says, First Peter chapter one. Sorry, let me just get it. Get to it. Um, it says, "You have been regenerated, born again, not from a mortal origin or a seed, but from one that is immortal by the ever-living, lasting 
word of God. So the word of God is ever living, everlasting. The law was not ever living and everlasting. The law was intended until the seed should come. So the law was in parenthesis. The law was to fulfill a certain purpose. The law wasn't the eternal covenant. The gospel is. The gospel is based on the promise made before the law ever came. There was a, there was a promise made to Abraham before God uh, brought the deep sleep onto him and said, I'm going to make a covenant with you and your seed. Okay, So there was a promise made and that promise is still valid. And that promise is based on faith. That promise is God says, I will bless you and through you will all the nations of the world be blessed. And he didn't have to do anything. And then he says, and Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Right. So later on, God came over to him in, um, uh, in the deep sleep and he, and he said to him, I, I will make a covenant with your seed. But first they need to be in bondage for 400 years in Egypt. And then Moses came and led them out of Egypt and he brought the law. That's where the covenant was actually made. So, so Abraham did get the sign of circumcision. But that covenant was only made 400 years later on the Mount Horeb um, when Moses brought the law to the physical descendants of Abraham. But we are not the physical descendants of Abraham. We are the spiritual descendants. We are not born of the slave woman, Galatians 4. We are born supernaturally of the free woman by virtue of promise. So we are born of the spirit and not of the flesh. So that's the true seed of God. Those who are born again by incorruptible seed, by the ever-living and everlasting word of God. Now he says, for, for fle all flesh is like grass and its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower drops off. But the word of the Lord endures forever. And the word is the good news which was preached to you. So, so this eternal everlasting word is the good news. And if you look for the good news in the Old Testament scriptures, you will find it on every page. If you look for Jesus from Genesis to Revelation, you will find him. But if you're looking for a false prophet and a beast and so on, you're going to be forever confused with all kinds of winds of doctrines. Right? But if you look for Jesus, you'll find him on every page. Okay. So, we are not, we are not born of the word of the law. Because the word of the law is not living. It's, it's an external thing engraved in letters on stone. And it was intended to be in effect until the seed should come. Until faith would be revealed, says Galatians chapter 3. Alright, so faith and grace go together. Law and obedience to the law and rituals go together. Alright. Okay, I'm on the phone. The computer went off. But I'm still on. Okay. <laughs> I'm on the phone. <sighs> okay. All right. So I, I hope I hope you're with me. I hope I didn't lose anyone. All right. So um, so you're saved. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. For by free grace you are saved. Delivered from judgment. So that means you are forgiven freely. And made partakers of Christ's salvation. So the effect of that forgiveness means that you are uh, you are being conformed to the image of Christ. You are being changed until you look like Him. Okay, Through your faith. And this salvation is not of yourselves. Of your own doing. It came not through your own striving. But it is the gift of God. Okay. Now I want to say something. Uh, verse 18 of King James says. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves? 
it is the gift of God. Now people say, um, through your faith and that not of yourselves, with other words, it's not your faith, it's the faith of, of Jesus Christ. Okay, the whole Bible is full of it, that you need to believe to be saved. Okay, so God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, John three sixteen, that whosoever believes might not perish, but have eternal everlasting life. Okay, so... Uh, I don't rely on someone else's faith to get me saved. I need to believe. I need to have faith in the word. I need the, the word needs to enter into my heart. Otherwise, I'm not born again. So I can't say I don't even need to believe because it's the faith of God. No, that's a false, false doctrine. It says, for by grace are you saved through faith. And that this whole thing of being saved by grace through faith. It is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. So it is a gift of God that we don't have to obey the law in, in fullness. It is a gift of God that he paid the price for us and that we are saved by simply hearing a message and believing it. Okay, so the message comes to us. We hear the message. We believe the message. The seed enters our heart. And as the seed enters our heart, we are born again and the nature of Christ is in us and our spirit is, is, is paired with the spirit of God. As Romans 8 says, our spirit testifies together with the spirit of God that we are sons of God, that we are children of God. And if we are, if we are uh, children, we are also heirs. So, um, so your spirit is saved. You receive the spirit of God. You receive by hearing and mes the message and believing it. You receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the salvation. The Holy Spirit is you being saved. The moment you get the Holy Spirit, salvation is, is active in you. So your spirit is one with the Spirit of God. Your spirit is now saved. And now as we turn and turn and turn to the Spirit from our soul dimension, our soul is transformed into the likeness of the Spirit. Our thoughts, our emotions, our our thinking, our words, everything is changed so that it looks exactly like that of the Spirit. And the more, sorry, the more we look to Him, the more we are transformed into His very own image. And that's basically the essence of Second Corinthians 3. He says, Second Corinthians 3, uh, uh, verse 15, down to this very day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies on their hearts and minds. So, veiled. On my heart and mind. So between the soul and the spirit, there's, there's a separation and uh, the mind has no access to what the spirit has to say. Okay. But whenever a person turns in repentance to the Lord, the veil is stripped off and taken away. Now the Lord is the spirit. So we need to turn to the spirit away from Moses. To the, the spirit who will reveal to us the face of Jesus Christ and the glory on it. Away from the the face of Moses, which is veiled with no glory on it. Okay, I hope you, you catch my drift here. So we, we're turning away from self because Moses' teachings is based on self and your own obedience to the law. Away from self, away from your own arm of the flesh, trusting in your own ability to uh, obey the law. Turning towards the Spirit, and He is the life giver. John 6, verse 63. It's the Spirit who gives life. The flesh, or the works of the law, has no benefit whatsoever. And then Jesus says, the words that I have been speaking to you in relationship, the words that I have been speaking to you are Spirit 
and they are life. So in looking in the face of Jesus and hearing what he is saying to me, it changes my heart. And my heart is touched in a love relationship with Jesus Christ. As I turn away from Moses, external obedience to rituals, to Jesus, hearing a word which imparts the love of Christ, which imparts the Spirit, which imparts salvation, which is a free gift. God wants to give you something. He doesn't expect from you to change yourself to look like Him. He wants to give that to you. So how does He do it? He speaks to you. So if He speaks to you and He reveals something to you through the Word, you've got it. Okay. This is a scripture that Prophet Kubas von Rensberg used to teach a lot. Deuteronomy 29 verse 29. This, the things which are secret belongs to our God. The secret things belongs to our God. But the things which are revealed belongs to us and our children forever so that we may do the, the whole of the law. Alright, so Deuteronomy 29 is, is so if something is not is, is not revealed by the Spirit of God, then it's not ours, it's God's. But the moment he gives you a revelation from the Spirit, it's yours. So if he reveals to you salvation through grace, you just need to believe it. If you can see it and agree with it, it's yours. Right, so you are saved by grace, so it's not your own striving according to the law. Through faith, you believe the word of this grace, and it's not of your own doing. It is God's gift to you. All right, so that's that's what, what 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 God is in essence saying there. Okay, so there's two elements to this. There's grace and there's faith. So the grace of God, I just want to read to you out of Romans chapter 5. So the grace works by faith. You're not going to believe it. You're not going to have it. Listen, grace is not something to be reasoning about. Grace isn't something to... To have intellectual knowledge about. It's not about knowing more and understanding more grace. You can understand grace all you might, or as much as you like. But if you don't receive that grace, it's not going to benefit you. And how do you receive it? By grace. By faith. <laughs> the grace is received by faith. If you don't receive it by faith, you don't have it. So you can know everything there is to know about money. But if you don't receive it, you don't have it. Okay? Right, so Romans chapter 5 he says, verse 15, he now says, you know, the sin came into the world through Moses and death through sin and death out away from Adam to Moses. But now he says in verse 15, he says, but God's free gift is not at all to be compared to the trespass. His grace is out of all proportion to the fall of man. That means him revealing his grace to us through the word of God is out of all proportion to all the sin of all people of, of all times of the whole world combined. Okay. Uh, Marnus now uh, has been saying this for years. He says um, he, he had this awesome experience with God. He was sitting in Antis Bay on a dune looking at the ocean. And he was feeling condemned about stuff, you know, and thinking and overanalyzing his own life and thinking and condemning himself. And the Spirit of God said, look up. And he looked up. And he saw the ocean. He says, my grace is like the ocean. And all of your sin is like a drop in the ocean. Alright. So the grace is out of all proportion to the fall of man. So if you think that you've messed up so much that God can't 
forgive you. I, I want to give you some perspective on God's grace. God's ability to forgive is much greater than your ability to sin. God's ability to restore you is much greater than your ability to rebel against Him. All right. So God is much stronger than your ability to sin and everything that you've done against Him. All you need to do is just look at Him <laughs> and be overwhelmed by His goodness and His kindness. Okay, so He says, But God's free gift is out of all... Uh, it's not at all compared to the trespass. His grace is out of all proportion to the fall of man. For if many died through one man's falling away, much more profusely, that God's grace and the free gift that comes through the undeserved favor of one man, Jesus Christ, abound and overflow to and for the benefit of many. All right. So the grace abounds for the benefit of many. Okay. So there's always more grace than sin. There's always more grace. It doesn't matter how much you missed it. You can never be bad enough to miss it. The grace is there. But also, the other side is also true. You cannot be good enough to earn it. So you have to receive it by believing the grace. There's no other way of receiving salvation. Okay, verse 16. Nor is the free gift at all to be compared to the effect of one man's sin. So what's the effect of sin? It's death. What's the effect of it? Well, sin entered into the world and death through sin. So sin, sickness, death. That's the effect of sin. Uh, Romans 6 says the wages of sin is death. But the free gift is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Now, the eternal life is much stronger than the effect of the sin, which is death. And death was, was conquered on the cross. So Jesus Christ overcame death. And now he gives that victory to you, that salvation from death. That victory he gives to you freely. Without you deserving it. And the only way that you can appropriate it. The only way that you can get it. Is by believing it. So it means you have an assumed identity. You assume that what God says is true. Uh, you believe what God says about you. If God says you are forgiven. You better believe him. And stop arguing against him. You are forgiven. If God says you are holy. You better believe him. You stop arguing against him. Don't uh, invoke your sins before God when he tells you that you are holy. Accept the fact that he says that you are holy and then you will be holy. <laughs> what you believe about yourself is what you will see in your life. And God has done everything so that he could declare holiness and and uh, his power and his love and his, and his, and his own character over you so you uh you are saved by grace through faith you believe it and it is such grace you don't have to earn it all right and the free gift is not at all to be, to be compared to the effect or the death of that one man sent for the sentence following the trespass of one man brought condemnation okay so there was a sentence and that sentence is death Whereas the free gift following many transgressions brings justification an act of righteousness all right, so Jesus justified you freely by His grace. He justified you because of the blood that He paid, the sacrifice that He gave of His own flesh body. All right, so if you trust in the sacrifice, it doesn't matter how many transgressions. The free gift follows many transgressions. So whatever the amount of your transgressions, the grace is greater. Whatever the amount of the transgressions, the blood, the sacrifice is bigger. 
and you need to put your trust and your dependence on the strength of his sacrifice instead of the the uh, strength of your sin okay so your sin is not stronger than god god is stronger than your sin so let god live in you and you will see a holy blameless spotless life okay he is stronger you are not but he is so how wonderful is this that he can um, put himself inside us so that we could conform to his will perfectly okay so you god looks at you you who believe you who have received the spirit you who who, who agree with the gospel okay he, he looks at you and he sees himself he has placed himself on the inside of you and you are uh, you cannot be judged by the law because jesus inside you is holy and perfect and blameless okay so the law cannot touch you you died the law only leads up to death and jesus christ has now manifest inside of you his perfection his his holiness and his his character so romans 8 also says god has done what the law could not do its power being weakened by the flesh the entire nature of man without the holy spirit sending his own son in the guise of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin god condemned sin in the flesh deprived it of its power overcame it deprived it of its power over all who accept that sacrifice romans 8 verse 3 okay and then he says in verse 4 so that the righteous and just requirement of the law might be fully met in us who live and move not after the dictates of the flesh law of moses but after the dictates of the spirit which is the gospel the true word the word by which we are born again that lasts forever the immortal word all right hope this blesses you all right so nor is the free gift at all to be compared to the effect of that one man's sin um he says whereas the free gift following many transgressions brings justification we read that verse 17 oh man i love verse 17 this is just so powerful for if because of one man's trespass death reigned through that one much more surely Will those who receive God's overflowing grace. Do you see there the emphasis on receiving? Receive the sacrifice, Romans 8 verse 3. Receive the grace, Romans 5 verse 17. Okay? You need to receive it. How do you receive it? By faith. You need to simply believe the word. All it takes. You just believe. Alright? So, abide in his word. So he says, um, All who receive God's overflowing grace... Man, that grace is overflowing. It's, big, it's bigger than anything anything combined. <laughs> uh, and the free gift of righteousness. Oh, now, now we start touching righteousness. So righteousness is God's way of being right. Which is the fullness of the stature of God. Which is the love of Christ. So if you have love, the love of Christ manifested in you, you are manifestly righteous okay because there's no law that can condemn love okay so the righteous and just requirement of the law is fully met when the love of christ is in us he says here romans 5 verse 5 such hope never disappoints for god's love has been poured in our hearts through the holy spirit who has been given to us so the holy spirit is the gift and when we have the holy spirit we have the love and if we have love there is no law that can stand against us, that can judge us, that can condemn us. So we receive the overflowing grace. 
we receive the free gift of righteousness, right standing before God. And then, then he says, now here comes the effect. He says, they shall reign as kings in life through one man, Jesus Christ. Okay, I don't know about you, but I want to reign, start reigning about this few things. I want to start reigning. I want to start reigning, man. Uh, if there's a problem like this COVID thing, I want to start reigning. I want to say a word and, it just, and it's gone. Uh, if someone is blind, I want to lay my hands on them and they see. We've seen it, but there's more. If someone is deaf, we lay hands on them and they hear. If someone is dead, we lay hands on them and they stand up. Reigning. Reigning means uh, there's, there's nothing that stands against you that you that's not overcome reigning means whatever you say happens so when you say what god says and god's holy spirit in his power speaks through you that whatever you say changes the situation so even if it's not god cannot lie so if god speaks into your situation the situation has to change if the situation looks different from what god is saying it can be a manifestation of a lie but when god's word comes on the scene God's word is truth, then this manifestation, the reality has to change. It has to change because God can't lie. So if God says you're forgiven, even though you felt condemned, hey, it has to change. You will feel, man, you'll feel so free. You will feel so righteous. You'll feel so forgiven. You'll feel righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. You know, you feel all the stuff that you can that you can you can man the fullness of the goodness and the grace of God simply because God said your sins are forgiven. Who is this who can forgive sins? Yeah, they will keep on saying it. They will keep on criticizing the word. Um, but if Jesus says someone is forgiven, then they're forgiven, <laughs> even if they were not before. <laughs> so we need to get this. Um, if God says something, that's how it is. So now, imagine God says something through you. You start ruling and reigning in His kingdom. He's King of kings. He's Lord of lords. So if He's really King of your life, if He's really Lord of your life, it means you're standing under His authority. So that's the effect of the grace. That's the power released by the grace that is received. Is whatever you say starts happening. Okay, so now, saying connects with faith. Okay, so I love what Mark Hankins says. He says, your faith will not move your mountain if your faith cannot move your lips. All right, so if you start reading Mark chapter 11, man, I love those faith teachings of these, of the, uh, you know, the, these uh, faith uh, teachers, <laughs> the teachings of the teachers. You know, if you, if you the, the, the Rima uh faith teachings man some of those stuff are so so wonderful it's so awesome if you if you um listen to um uh kenneth hagan man those teachings of faith is so awesome so and that's actually where mark hankins received also so uh mark chapter 11 says if anyone believes that what he says will happen he will have it so if you say unto this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, it will be done to him. That's Jesus' own words. He says, if you believe uh, that what you, you ask is already granted to you, you shall have it. All right. So faith means you start saying something. So Abraham, if you read Romans chapter 4, he believed in the God that called 
the things that are not as though they were. And that's the point. He believed in the God that King calls the things that are not as though they were. So even if you're the biggest skirmunkle this world has ever seen, okay, even if you're like, man, you're not such a great guy. <laughs> when God starts speaking to you, he calls out the eternal purpose of Christ in you. And you become, man, you become manifested son of God. Your, your, your heart becomes soft and you shine with the glory of Jesus Christ. And your whole nature changes. And people look at you and you say, who is this? It's the same face, but it's a completely different person. Yes, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live, Christ lives. So now we, we lived a useless life where we were just subject to all this, this stuff around us. And everything that happens just happens. And we have no power and we just moaning about everything and groaning about everything now everything changes now we start saying something and when you say something the grace of god is released by faith and you start speaking into a situation and stuff changes okay so the salvation comes comes to you by hearing a message and believing it it enters your heart and now the ruling and reigning part of it happens like this. Whatever is in your heart of the Spirit of God, you start saying and it changes the situation. Whatever is in your heart of the Holy Spirit, you start saying and that salvation is also extended to whoever is hearing you. Do you see? So it's the Spirit speaking. So if the Spirit speaks to you, it transforms you. But now the Spirit is inside you and now the Spirit speaks through you and it transforms your situation and it transforms the people around you. So it's all about hearing and believing and then saying, agreeing with God by grace through faith. Faith is action. Faith is words. But faith needs to say what God says. The grace is manifested through saying what God says. The grace is manifested by faith in what God has said to you. You receive it by faith and you release it by faith. You receive it by hearing and believing it. You release it by believing it and saying it. <laughs> so I hope this makes sense to you. All right. So the, uh, those who receive the overflowing grace and the free gift of righteousness will reign as kings in life through one man, Jesus Christ. Right, I'm just going to read some more verses here. It says, Well then, as one man's trespass, one man's false step and falling away led to condemnation for all men, so one man's act of righteousness, so Jesus acted, leads to acquittal and right standing with God and life for all men. Okay, now people are saying, Yeah, it's life for all men. So all men has to receive it. No, 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 no. Hey, the scripture declares the scripture. It's for them that believe. Okay, it's available for all men. He did it for all men. It's, it's, it's strong enough to save all men that ever existed completely. But if, if that person doesn't hear and believe it, that they never give God uh, a, a chance to come and actually save them. All right, so we need to hear the message and believe it. That's so, 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 so crucial. It's a lie that we can be saved without hearing and believing. Okay, so and and also um, when we want to see things change, we need to say what we believe. You need to say what you believe. You need to say what you believe. Believer, you need to say what you believe. You need to say what you believe. All right. 
Speak over your situation. Speak over your finances. Just say what you believe. Say how it is supposed to be. Speak over sickness. Speak over this pandemic. Speak over situations. Speak over your business. Speak over whatever. Speak a word of faith. Believe. And then the grace is released that changes the thing. The grace is the power of the Holy Ghost. And the power of the Holy Ghost is released when we say something through faith. When I say to you, hey, you sitting there with a pain just below your left rib cage. If you have a pain there, I say to you, be healed now in Jesus name. Let that pain go. Please comment if that was you. If you have any pain uh, on the left side below your rib cage in Jesus name, that pain will leave you right now in Jesus name. In Jesus name. Okay. If you have like a slight injury on your right ankle. Okay. See like a like almost it was sprained or something, but it's not that sore now, but it's a little bit sore on your right ankle. The pain goes right now. If it's you, please comment. I, I want to see the testimonies of that. Okay, so thank you, Lord Jesus. We pray for total healing. So we, we can we can uh, trust the Holy Spirit to reveal stuff and we can let the grace, which is the power of God, be revealed by acting out in faith and saying what the Holy Spirit says. Being in agreement with Him. So if you think the word, and if you believe the word, if you say the word, uh, then nothing is impossible for you. Nothing is impossible for them that believe. All right. So, um, which means that God agrees with your thoughts. And if God agrees with your thoughts, when you think God thinks, when you speak, God speaks, and then you get God's results in your, in your life as well. All right. All right. Okay, I need to read these two verses also. Verse, you can read this verse uh, 18, 19 and so on. But I want to read this. The law came in only to expand and increase the trespass. Okay, so the more you, you're going to um, be stuck in the law of rituals, the more uh, the, increase, the, the sin will increase. Hey, some people try to pour law over the fire of sin. No, it's going to make it explode. It's going to make it bigger. Okay? Uh, you can read Romans 7 for that. We're not going to have time to go into Romans 7. But Romans 7 basically says it's the law stirs up the forbidden desires. Uh, sin finds opportunity in the commandment to express itself. So the more you, you pour the law over something, it will just happen in secret, but it will be more. Uh, you will pour petrol on the fire. Okay. The law came in only to expand and increase the trespass, making it more apparent and exciting opposition. But where sin increased and abounded, grace surpassed it and increased the more and superabounded. So if that was the trap that you stepped in and you, you stepped into more and more sin uh, because you tried your best to change yourself, hey, there's more and more grace. Uh, the more the sin increased, the more gr the grace has surpassed it, increased the more and superabounded. There's abundance of grace for you. There's abundance of forgiveness for you. Do not be stuck in the situation that you are in. There's no sickness too great. There's no sin too great. There's no poverty too great. There's no situation too great. There's no feeling of condemnation and worthlessness and rejection too great. God loves you as you are. He loves you so much. And he wants to change your situation. He wants you to transform you into the very image of the Son of Christ. All right. So 
Verse 21. So that just as sin has reigned in death, so grace might reign through righteousness, which issues in eternal life. Do you want an eternal life to be a manifestation? Then you need righteousness to be a manifestation. So, how do we get righteousness? You believe in Jesus. So, the more you believe in Jesus, the more Jesus will live in you and through you. If you are surrendered to Him, His righteousness will be your life. If you try to change yourself, you manifest your righteousness. And we know that Isaiah 64 verse 6 says, Your righteousness are filthy rags. <laughs> you are freely forgiven though, for all your best efforts to change yourself. Alright, so... He gives you a robe of righteousness. He gives you His righteousness. So He gives you His Spirit dwelling in you. His way of being right. You believe and you are declared righteous before God. And now the fruit comes. You see the very Spirit of God moving in you, living in you, and showing the perfections of Christ through you. Right, back to Ephesians chapter 2. All right. Oh man, how long have we been going here? I can't really see on this thing. I don't know. Are you still good? Can we can we just go on a few minutes still? Okay. He says, um, It's by free grace that you are saved. Through your faith, that salvation is not of yourselves. Of your doing, it came not through your own striving. It is the gift of God. Now he says, Not because of works... Not the fulfillment of the law's demands, lest any man should boast. That's the beauty of grace. No one has anything to boast in. So <laughs> you can't boast and you say it's you. You can't do miracles and say it's you. If you do, you lie. It's always the Spirit of God. Okay. So not because of works, not the fulfillment of the law's demands, lest any man should boast. It is not the result of what any man can possibly do. So no one can pride himself in it or take glory to himself. For we are God's own handiwork. And this is important. His workmanship recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined for us, taking paths which He prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them, living the good life which He prearranged and made ready for us to live. All right, so there's a double destiny. If you yield to the Spirit of God, you take paths that the Spirit of God has prepared for you. It's already prepared. You can just step into it and see it. It's already there for you. Okay? You don't have to break through something in order to walk in those things. Jesus has broken through for you. You can just start walking in it. All right. So you are His handiwork. He's doing it in you and through you. He's working His purposes in you and through you. It's His job. It's His work. Uh, Ephesians 1 also says... Um, the work that he started, he will complete until the day of Christ. So <clears throat> he's going to bring it to completion and to perfection. All right. Um, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them. Okay, so this predestination thing, people also uh, completely lose all their marbles about this. It's just God has prepared something for you ahead of time and it's your choice if you want it or not. Okay, so if I have prepared a room for you, it's your room. But you have to come stay in it for you to enjoy it. If you don't come stay in it, it's never going to be your room. Do you get what I'm saying? So um, so there's a double destiny. Either we're going to choose the flesh and we're going to see the inevitable result of that path. There's a way that seems good to a man, but his end is in death, says Proverbs. Or you can yield to the Holy Spirit and uh, 
grace reigns through righteousness which issues in eternal life okay so we need to yield to the holy spirit and manifest the righteousness that is given us manifest the grace that he so freely bestows on us in the beloved all right so it's past prepared ahead of time just because it's prepared ahead of time doesn't mean that you have no choice in it so well don't get any more research you know the the tight all right um just because i prepared um something for my wife doesn't mean she has to take it um god prepared a day for us god prepared works for us ahead of time but if if we're going to believe him we're going to walk in it if we're not going to believe him we're not going to walk in it it doesn't mean that no one can resist god's will and everything is so predestined this is like it's just going to play out the way it plays out and everything that god uh, that happens is god's will that's a lie from the pit of hell it's not true uh the the um the whole point of sovereignty is this that he is the king a king is the sovereign and the sovereignty of god means this if he commands me to do something i do it if god says something my response is yes lord otherwise i don't recognize the sovereignty of the king simple as that so if god is sovereign it means we as subjects of the king needs to do what the king says it's simple as that that's what sovereignty means if a king is sovereign and he gives the command that a highway must be built from one city to another city um then the people working there must do it and if they don't do it it doesn't mean the king is any less of a king it just means that the people are in rebellion that's all there is okay so we can obey god by believing the gospel and letting him live in us or we can resist god by trying to do our own thing by the law of moses and that's our choice so we are either in the kingdom of god under the sovereignty and the and the authority of the king or we are trying to do our own thing trying to establish our own righteousness by our own way and our own works all right so predestination means simply this he has prepared something for us but he's not going to force you into it you need to believe it and then respond okay so this this thing that everything that happens is just is god's will don't tell me that all those those protests all around the world right now is god's will don't tell me that the burning of the buildings and killing and stealing and destruction that's happening is god's will it's not god's will it's not it's impossible it's not god's will jesus said in john chapter 10 the thief comes only for to steal kill and destroy that's the thief's will but I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Do you see, there's the two again. And we have a choice between death and life. The same that he said to, to Joshua. Joshua, I put before you life and death. Choose life that you may live. Okay. So we need to choose life. We need to choose the word of life over the, uh, the word of death. We need to choose the word of life over the word of the knowledge of good and evil. We need to choose the 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 gospel of jesus christ which is from the spirit that imparts righteousness by grace to us as a free gift receive the free gift and then we reign as kings in life uh, i mean where does our, our reigning fit in into this plan where everything that happens is just god's will everything that happens is controlled by him from his remote control in heaven it's not it's not true he has made man to rule over the earth from genesis let them have the complete authority over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and every creeping thing on the face 
of the earth. You were created to rule over your adversaries. And your adversaries is everything that exalts itself over the true knowledge of God. So if it's sickness, or if it's poverty, or if it's, or, or if it's sin, you have to rule over it. How do you rule over it? By grace through faith. That's the, the salvation that we receive freely by Jesus Christ. By grace through faith. The only way you're going to see miracles, by grace through faith. The only way you're going to see the dead raised, by grace through faith. The only way you're going to see the word of the gospel reaching the whole world and touching the hearts of people and people coming in into salvation, by grace through faith. The only way you're going to get your debts paid in a, in a difficult situation, by grace through faith. Okay, so let us receive the grace of God and let us start speaking the grace of God. Okay, if you don't do anything, nothing's going to happen. Kui, are you there? <laughs> if you don't do anything, nothing's going to change. What do we do? We act by faith. We say the word. We speak life. We act by the power of the grace of God. Okay. So we let the Holy Spirit move in us and through us. So there's action involved. That action is called faith. James chapter 3 says, Faith without works is dead. Alright, so we have living faith. We believe in Jesus Christ. And we're going to see everything under our feet, man. There's nothing that's not subjected to us. Alright, so James chapter 4 is the last scripture. Sorry, I have no I have no concept of how much time I've used. Um, but luckily, you are not tied to a pole there. But I'm glad that I still have uh, your attention. Alright, so James chapter 4. I want to start reading from verse 5. Uh, actually, from verse 4. Uh, and please cross-reference this with Romans chapter 7 verse 4. Where he says, he, he, he likens the... The uh, obedience to the law as as someone, uh, it's like marriage, okay? Let me just quote it for you quickly. Romans chapter 7 verse 4, he says, Do you not know, brethren, that those, um, that as, as long as, though, uh, let me read it for you, because my mind is full of too many things, right? Just going to read this verse to you and then I'm going to start reading this other verse to you. Romans 7 verse 4. Likewise, my brethren, you have undergone death as to the law. There we go. We have undergone death as to the law through the crucified body of Christ so that now you may belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead in order that we may bear fruit for God. Okay. I wanted to read verse 3 actually for you. He says, Accordingly, she will be held in adulteress if she unites herself to another man while her husband lives. But if her husband dies, the marriage law no longer is, is binding on her. Okay. Forgive me. I'm going to read verse 1, 2, and 3. Then you're going to understand what I'm on about. All right. It says, Do you not know, brethren, for I'm speaking to men who are acquainted with the law, that legal claims have power over a person only for as long as he is alive? Do you not know that you've been crucified with Christ? You don't belong to the law anymore. Okay, uh, for instance, a married woman is bound to the law by her husband as long as he lives, but if her husband died, she is loosed and discharged from the law concerning her husband. Accordingly, she will be held in adulteress um, 
if she unites herself to another man while her husband lives, but if her husband dies, the marriage law no longer is binding on her and she is free from that law. And if she unites herself to another man, she is not an adulteress. Likewise, my brethren, you have undergone death as to the law through the crucified body of Christ, so that now you may belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead, in order that we may bear fruit for God. If we didn't die to the law, then we would be in adultery if we were made one with Jesus. So we died to the law through the crucified body of Christ, so that we may belong to another, to Jesus Christ. Okay, now let's jump to James chapter 4. He says, um, so he's speaking about legalism creeping in, and having an effect. Okay. Alright. He says. Verse 4. You are like unfaithful wives. Okay. So he's speaking to people who want to go back to the law. While they have access to the grace. He says. Having illicit love affairs with the world. And breaking your marriage vow to God. Do you not know that being the world's friend is being God's enemy. So you're the world's friend if you go for the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That's how the whole world thinks. <laughs> But now he says, so whoever chooses to be a friend of the world takes his stand as an enemy to God. Or do you not suppose that the scripture is speaking to no purpose that says the spirit of God. So remember, salvation comes to us through the spirit. The spirit of God, whom he has caused to dwell in us, yearns over us and he yearns for the spirit to be welcomed with a jealous love. The spirit of God dwells in you and he yearns to be welcomed. Why don't we just welcome him? <laughs> he's inside of us. He's one with us. Let's live a life that's welcoming to the Holy Spirit. Let's yield to him, surrender to him, and let him say what needs to be said. Let him do what needs to be done. Okay, now he says, verse 6, But he gives us more and more grace. 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 Power of the Holy Spirit to meet this evil tendency and all others fully. So this evil tendency to go back to the law, he meets it fully. This grace meets it fully. Where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. Even if it's like physical adultery, he says uh, he gives us more and more grace and to meet this evil tendency and all others fully. So your answer is in receiving grace. Your answer is not in trying to change yourself. That is why he says, God sets himself against the proud and haughty, but gives grace continually to the lowly. Then it says in brackets in the Amplified, I just love this, to those who are humble enough to receive it. So be subject to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Clo come close to God and he will come close to you. Okay, so... Uh, get your soiled hands clean. Realize that you have been disloyal, wavering individuals with divided interests. Purify your hearts of your spiritual adultery. Do you see this? Going back to the law. He says, as you draw near to God, be deeply penitent and grieve even weep. Okay, so he says, humble yourselves, verse 10, feeling very insignificant in the presence of the Lord, and he will exalt you. He will lift you up and make your lives significant. So God wants to make you significant. He wants to do something. He wants to manifest the Son of God inside your life. All you need to do is turn to Him. Look to Him. And say, Lord, here I am. The, I come as I am. With all my mistakes and with all my stuff, here I am, Lord Jesus. So, Lord, come 
and bring salvation to me. I need your salvation. Lord, I, I, I can't do it. I'm not able. But Lord, I know you are. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your grace. So the, the aim is not to be sorry forever. The aim is just to, to turn to God and receive his grace so that he can lift us up. So the, the end of all is not so that we can just be sorry forever. It's good to be sorry about that, that we missed it. That's, it's good. But we're not supposed to stay there and wallow there. We need to let the Spirit of God under the mighty hand of God humbled and lift us up. He will make our lives significant so i hope you see this that god wants to use you and shine his light through you to the world he wants to firstly give you grace um, so you need to receive it by faith you are saved by grace through faith and whatever you're struggling with there's more grace and more grace and more grace then you need to receive that grace and receive that grace and receive that grace by believing it okay believe the message of the gospel and then you have received that grace. That grace is the power of the Holy Ghost. Now that power is inside you. So let the power loose by faith. So you hear it. You believe it. You're saved by grace through faith. Now you release the power. And you, you are saved from your circumstances. You manifest by releasing the grace through faith. <laughs> so I hope this message has blessed you. May you experience more of the power of God. May your faith be made stronger. May you receive an impartation of faith. May you have faith like you've never had faith before. And may you walk in the grace of God. May you walk in the mercy of Jesus. But may you also be gracious and merciful as he is gracious and merciful. May you be uh, reigning and ruling through one Jesus Christ. Let him speak through you and move through you. May he use you powerfully and miraculously by the Holy Ghost that comes to you through believing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. I hope you ble that blessed you. So is, is there any of that two things that I mentioned, the ankle and the pain under the ribcage? Is that any one of you? Please, if that is you, please uh, just give some indication. Um, and now I just want to ask, is there any uh, prayer request? Is there anything that you need prayer for? And then we can just all uh, ask everyone that's online to agree with us. So if you have any prayer request, please just type it out. Um, if you have any prayer request, just please type it out. Um, so yeah, there's, <laughs> there's something that I wanted to end with. But it's not going to happen today because I'm not even on the computer. I'm just on my phone. But, <laughs> but I'm going to post a link to a song. I wanted to do it myself, but it's not going to happen. So I'm going to post a link to a song that you handed um, on the page. And we, we did it previously. But I want you to, to please listen to that song again. Um, so that you can be... There's just something that, that God wants to release in your heart through that song. Is that song of the blessing of um i think elevation church did it so uh, may the lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and give you peace okay so uh i'm, I'm going to end with that but i'm going to paste that song um on the page please listen to it if you have a chance so okay i'm giving sometimes the any any uh testimonies or prayer requests
I don't see any. Okay, I'm just going to pray in general. And then I'm going to uh, leave you to it so that you can enjoy your day with your loved ones. So, Lord Jesus, I just thank you for every person watching today. I just thank you, Lord Jesus, for the glory of God to invade their lives. I pray, Lord Jesus, for the glory of God to invade every circumstance, every lack. I pray for the glory of God to cover them like the water covers the sea. I pray, Lord Jesus, let your salvation come by grace. I pray for a fresh revelation of faith. I pray for a fresh revelation of grace. Let us walk in the reality of what you foreshadowed, of what you've prepared. Let us walk in the paths that you have made ready for us and prepared for us. Lord, I just pray that we will walk in new power, in new authority. And let us stand in the power and the authority of the kingdom of God through the Holy Spirit. We pray, Lord Jesus, let all circumstances be subject under our feet in our daily lives, in our reality, in Jesus' name. We come against this whole um, COVID-19 sickness. We say to the sickness, disappear, die, disappear from the face of this earth. Uh, leave this earth and leave the, the people in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, for healing and grace and blessing on all the people in jesus name thank you lord every person hearing my voice i pray for for authority and power to be released in their lives in jesus mighty name amen 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 okay let me just see prayer requests okay leanne uh please pray for my father-in-law he got an, a retrenchment letter please pray for him for favor that they will allow him to do early retirement and pay out the last two years of salary in Jesus' name. We just pray for favor and grace in Jesus' mighty name. For our Father, we pray, Lord Jesus, for the best possible outcome to come. Holy Spirit, we pray that you change the situation now. Change the papers around. Let the angels go and change the papers around in Jesus' name. Even what's written on the paper, it will change now in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray for the most favorable out outcome in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We pray for extreme favor in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. All right. Uh, my sister Armin, her, her dog, the dog's name is Whiskey, and he, the, the dog has got cancer. It's a lot of pain in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for that for that dog, for, for a miracle, for total healing. We pray that all the the, the pain will leave that dog, the shoulders uh, that's, that's filled with cancer in Jesus' name. We pray that the pain will stop now in Jesus' name. We pray for no pain. We pray, Lord Jesus, for a miracle for that dog in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. 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 All right. Uh, let me just see. All right. Powerful message. Thank you, Santi. Bless you. Um, yeah, Lene, me too. I also want to receive grace. Help me to receive grace. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys for watching. Sorry about all the practical stuff today. Um, I just can't open the church, even with the slightest hint of of um, symptoms. So I feel 100% normal now. Um, but, you know... We'll just pray. I, I think let's just let's just agree. Will you all just agree with me? For me, <laughs> in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We pray that um, that I'll be able to test for this thing soon, in Jesus' name. And I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that the test will be negative, 
in Jesus name. Thank you Father. We we uh, have authority over this thing. This virus will not touch me in Jesus name. And also for the sinusitis to just clear up and just go in Jesus name. The fiction in the teeth. Thank you Lord wisdom for the dentists. We thank you Lord for your grace and your peace in Jesus name. Amen.